Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mesut Ozil envío al área, el remate ahí está el primer tanto del partido no lo celebra por supuesto Aaron Ramsey, 0 a 1 para el Arsenal This is Arscast Extra Good evening everyone Hello Hello uh... There we we did get some applause. We did get applause. Hurrah! Uh, <laughs> before we start, I was going to say backstage, but we weren't really backstage. We just stood there at the yeah. side, weren't we? But before side we started, stage. I wanted Andrew to come on and introduce me, so I got my own applause. But that idea was quickly discarded. Yeah, I, I, re- <laughs> I refused. Yeah, completely. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, thank you all for coming out, and welcome to another live Arscast Extra. And it's live. It's live. Uh, a beautiful day in London. Normally when we do these things, it's wintry and dark and we're in a cavernous room with no uh, view of the outside. So it's uh, nice to be here with you all on this beautiful day. I can see trees out the window. Yeah. Takes my mind off football. It's I mean, normally when we do this, I'm in my bedroom. So this is a massive <laughs> upgrade. <laughs> I mean, there are other people here. I can socialize. And I'm you're on- wearing clothes. I'm wearing clothes. A big difference from the usual show. The, uh, the other thing that we wanted to do was tell you that we've got you here under false pretense is because I'm sure you've heard us talk uh, over the last little while about our love for ham on ruffles. These are ham on ruffles, and basically what we're going to do is sit here for 90 minutes and eat them while you watch. Yeah, <laughs> and you've paid for the privilege. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, the reality is, Andrew, we should come clean. We did look into getting ham on ruffles to sponsor this show. We did. We did. There they... was absolutely no interest from them whatsoever. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I can't believe it. We fared so well with the jam companies. Yeah. I still have my apricot jam. I'll be honest, guys. I'm not eating it. No. It's too much of it. Yeah, it's too much. You just have to stick your paw in it like a bear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very much like a bear. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, we've, we've, we've sourced these especially. Well, James went out of his way this week to find a shop somewhere in London that sold ham on ruffles, and uh, yeah. it was quite the adventure. It's in Tulse Hill. There's a Portuguese community. Who knew? Yeah. But uh, I, I then bought a bin bag full of ruffles. I was kept walking around London with uh, a dozen bags of ruffles, and at one point, a man came up to me. I don't know if he was suspicious. He thought it was body parts or something, <laughs> and he said, what's in your bag? And I said, crisps, and he just walked away. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if he believed me or not. I don't think it matters. Maybe he was a peanut man. Yeah, he was a peanut guy. He was furious. He could have been that guy. He was from the jam company. He felt betrayed. <laughs> yeah. 
But what we're going to do this evening, because it's uh, an evening of love and sharing and happiness before the FA Cup final, we're going to give some of you guys the chance to win some ham on ruffles. I mean, I, I don't know if it gets any better than that. No, I mean, it could change your lives, guys. Exactly. You know, some people go to a live event to be entertained by yeah. talent yeah. or great singing. Erudite or... analysis. Exactly. We have crisps to yeah. buy you off. But with us tonight, we're going to have a couple of guests. Uh, so we, we'll, we'll start introducing the guests. Yeah, why not? Let's I do it. I think we should. Um, first up, he is a, a man who does have an actual name. I know his name. But on the podcast, he's always referred to as the man from East Lower because he sits in the East Lower. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the man from East Lower. Come on up here. You, you need a microphone. Hello. 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 It works. It I'm does work. Your voice is out there. Thank you very much for coming along. Uh, do, we, we should tell people your name, shouldn't we? Uh, my name is Jim. 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 I do have a name, yeah. It's, uh, under, it's underwhelming, isn't it, when you find out? <laughs> <laughs> I can be James if you prefer. But no, we've already no, got thanks, a James. Mate, I've got that one covered. Yeah. It's all right. Uh, our second guest this evening, uh, you might know him from uh, another podcast uh, called The Tuesday Club. Uh, it's Tayo Papula. Come on up. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. hello. All right. Yeah. See You're dressed for the occasion, at least. The crisps. I'm dressed for radio, man. Don't worry about that. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Well, thank you. Uh, Thank you guys for coming along and to share this discussion with us. We should keep an eye on the time, actually. Uh, I'll do that. You that, do that. You that could be, I get all the important jobs, yeah. yeah. I'll do that. What, what time is it? No, it's 7.08. 7.08. But okay. probably not when you're listening to this. No. That would be good if people listened to it. It's <laughs> exactly, exactly 7.08. That'd be uncanny. Yeah. What the darn? Is it live? <laughs> it's li it is live. But anyway, we're here on the eve of an FA Cup final. We're obviously going to talk about the FA Cup and what it might mean, mm. and, and everything. Why are you laughing? Just what it might mean. What, what, <laughs> what, what would it mean? What it might mean is absolute Armageddon destruction and having to hide for the summer, although it could be another great day. Well, look, we had discussions earlier about keeping this on a cheery note. Maybe, so. <laughs> the, the, the FA Cup final is something to be, to be cherished. And uh, I, I want to start, obviously, by talking about some, uh, some FA Cup memories, some mm. of the, the great FA Cup memories we might have. Jim, um, we were both born in 1971, an auspicious year for Arsenal and the FA Cup. My dad was at that final. The, you the, look a day over 45. Thank you very much. Thanks. <laughs> but, uh, so I feel, I feel a very strong connection to the 1971 FA Cup final, even though I, I wasn't yet born. But... By 1979, I was very much aware of the FA Cup final, Arsenal versus Manchester United. I'm sure many of you here remember that, uh, that great day. And it was, it was wonderful. Arsenal were 2-0 up. And I, I was the happiest child alive. 2-0 up in the FA Cup final. And then Manchester United scored twice. And I thought, oh, you fuckers. <laughs> this, is, this is not what's supposed to happen. There was only three minutes to go. We were supposed to see this game out and win the cup easily. Of course, I didn't understand that this was Arsenal. Arsenal, of course. This was, this was Arsenal. Different this was rules. my first introduction to the Arsenalness of Arsenal. But before I had any time to get too dismayed by it, obviously we scored that, that great late goal from Alan Sunderland. Do you, re do you remember that game well? 
It's really strange. I don't at all. I think a, a switch flipped in 1980 for me. I don't have any recollections of 79, but 80, I've got it all because I remember crying when Rick's <laughs> missed the penalty in the Cup Winners' Cup final. Yeah. My dad said that I could come down and watch the penalties. I'd had to go to bed before. He got me down, we lost, and I cried. Right. But and then I remember watching the Cup final, the FA Cup final, which we lost, and so pretty good way to start. That, that well, start as you mean to go on, is this? <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wow, that is pretty brutal. That's br- I remember that because I remember listening to the Cup Winners' Cup final on the radio. We had one of those pieces of furniture. It looked like a piece of furniture, but we lifted up on one side. It was a record player and a radio, and then the other side was a high-fangled cassette deck. <laughs> <laughs> so futuristic. Yes. You don't know what cassettes are. I, I've got no idea what's happening now. No. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember 79 Cup final? 79 Cup final? No, I was... Um... I'm a bit younger than you, so definitely not. Let's put it that way. Let's just leave it at that. Shit. <laughs> okay. Well, it was great. I have to, in the end, 79 FA Cup final was great. 1980 Cup final, not so much because of Trevor Brooking. I could never, ever hear the word stooping header again without thinking of Trevor Brooking and, and getting flashbacks. Until Keith Houchin turned it into an art form oh. in 1987 against well, them lot. Well, that's true. That was a good Cup final as well. For, for different reasons. James, what's the, uh, your first FA Cup final memory, or oh, FA Cup gosh. memory? Well, I was born in 1986, so I don't... Yeah, I know. I've, it's been, guys, it's been a very difficult 30 years. There have been many obstacles to overcome. Yeah, but you're still only 30, you know, that's... Yeah, Anyway, let's not... So go. I don't really remember, uh, even the early 90s ones particularly well. I've got sort of, you know glimpses of Linegan and, and what have you, but it's not clear for me until 1998. Right. Yeah. So, I, I, I mean, you're chatting away about these 70s ones, and I really feel... I, I, obviously, I know Alan Sunderland. I remem- I've seen it so many times. You've heard of the 70s. Of course, know. I remember. Yeah, I, I'm vaguely aware of them as a notion. Yeah. But uh, the actual game itself can't, can't go with you on that. Right. One. Okay. Well, that pretty much fucks the rest of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... Let's talk a little bit more then about FA Cup and FA Cup final memory. So if 98 was your, the one you remember first, yeah. that was a good one. That was a, that that was was a good, good double. One. The one I remember most fondly is the Chelsea final of 2000, which is pertinent, I guess. Yes. 2002? Uh-huh. There we go. Ray Parler. It's only Ray Parler. It's only Ray Parler. Freddie Jumberg as well. Mm. A brilliant goal that's sort of lost amidst all the admiration for the Ray Parler goal. That Freddie Jumberg goal is a hell of a goal. Well, I mean, one of the best things about that Freddie Jumberg goal, I mean, there was obviously the, the finish into the top corner, which was brilliant. And was it, was it not that goal where Lee Dixon was running behind the goal to celebrate as Freddie wheeled away, leaving John Terry flat on his face? Yeah. <laughs> a young John Terry sprawled on the ground, having a terrible time. He, he started as he meant to go on He absolutely well. did, didn't he? Yeah. He really did. Which is good to see. I almost hope, I'll be honest, I almost hope that there's an injury early in the final and that he gets on. I hope I, it comes in the 26th minute. In the 26th... <laughs> <laughs> that would be great, yeah. Because it took him two minutes to get off. It'll take... Gary Cahill longer on that stretcher, I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be great to see him get on for one last slip. Wouldn't it be just one last farewell slip from, from John Terry? I think he deserves it. Yeah, he does deserve it. Not just for his whole career of being an absolute bastard, but what he did last weekend when he came off uh, 
after the 28th minute. Yeah. Not 26. What, what did you make of the, the John Terry pantomime at the weekend, Jim? Well, it was all about, um, uh, it, it released some statement, didn't it, yesterday? And it was I, 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 I. So, you know. He did. <laughs> Ooh, a little bit political The here. podcast just got political. A little bit of politics. It's a bit weird. I thought, well, if, if it was me, and obviously that's a hideous thought now that I've thought about it, but if it was me, I wanted, <laughs> I wanted to play the whole game. Yeah. What's going on? I don't know. I don't know. Very it odd. could be like he's a massive twat. I, I don't know. Uh, it could be. <laughs> I'm just guessing. We'll never know. We'll never know, guys. We will never know. So, Tayo, um, given that you're a little bit younger than me, share with us, please, your, your first FA Cup memory or your first FA Cup final memory. Well, first FA Cup final that I sort of really properly engaged with is um, is uh, '93, mm. and um, and really not, I don't really remember much of the first game. I just remember I remember the replay. Yeah. And and Wrighty's goal over you know the, the, the Wrighty on goal the through ball from that. I mean obviously it's about Andy Linnigan, but being deeply deeply in love with Ian Wright yeah. uh, then and now then that's 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 kind of what I remember um another FA Cup memory which is um my first when you asked me that the other day I was just thinking about listening on the radio to Wrighty's chip against Yeovil right and then seeing that on match of the day that night as well and again just falling further in love <laughs> with Ian Wright so yeah but so yeah 93 is my uh is, is the first one that I kind of really engaged with. Um, 98 felt a little bit boring, actually, because it was quite easy. The final was quite easy. It was, that was 2-0 in Anelka, wasn't it? Yeah. That was um, uh, over Mars and Anelka. Over Mars and Anelka, um, yeah. and, and But the first one that we all went to um, was, was, the, was the John Terry slip final. So Yeah. And that was... It never felt just, like we were going to lose in 98, no. did it? Because we were so good. That was such a good team, and it was on such a good run. Yeah. And Newcastle, I they hadn't had a great season, had they? I don't remember, but they were, they were in no great shape at the time. I have no idea. You don't care. My Newcastle no, knowledge is, is minimal. I miss, Card I miss Cardiff. I did really enjoy those run of Cardiff, Cardiff yeah. finals. We had a lot of good, good times down there. Especially John, John Terry. <laughs> yeah, no one's really mentioned that, but he did really fall over. <laughs> it's almost like it's a, a theme that might run through this podcast <laughs> this evening. I, I, I don't quite know. So look, when, when we're looking at, at this weekend's final, mm. I suppose we have to try and analyze it a little bit. And as a professional who writes about Arsenal every day, <laughs> I, I'm looking at our lack of defenders and thinking, uh-oh. <laughs> uh oh that's your professional opinion that is my professional opinion someone said what do you think about all the defenders we have missing it's like uh oh <laughs> that this is not good um, it's not good and yet it's somehow strangely familiar yeah. <laughs> it feels right doesn't it it feels like this would happen to us is yeah. that how the brief comes in they say write a two word article on your thoughts about yes this. please expand on that yeah um, uh, Jim, can you, can you explain perhaps what Lauren Koscielny was thinking uh, when he steamed into that tackle against Everton at the weekend? I think it was, I think it was a little bit of a warm day. And, uh, <laughs> Fancy maybe, the pint. Maybe he didn't have his sunglasses on. And, um, and you know, I, I've, no, I've absolutely no idea what was going on there. But literally everybody in the whole of the ground went, that's a red. <laughs> Straight away, <laughs> he's gone. Odd. What yeah. is he doing? I, I don't know. I don't know what either. And, and yeah, I mean, I know we're all partisan football fans and that's the, the rules of the game, but then watching, I think it was Anna Valencia, get roundly booed for the rest of the half as if he hadn't been split in two. Lauren Koscielny, it did make me smile. But yeah, it was a, it, I mean, it was a red 
straight away. It's like, oh no. Oh yeah. They were really with that. Oh no. I don't yeah. know yeah. that as well. Yeah. Um, James, that was then obviously compounded by the injury to to Gabrielle. Yeah. That, that was another oh no moment, wasn't it? Yeah. That was one of those where you see the slow motion replay and go, I'm glad I'm not that knee. Yeah. <laughs> that's... Because uh, no, normally your, your, your Gabrielle oh no moments are different. Yeah. They, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true, yeah. He was having a decent game as well. He was having a decent game, but I feel with him that sometimes it's like he'll have a decent game and then the next game he'll, he'll do the Gabrielle oh no thing. Yeah, that's so it. So maybe... Maybe no, I'm not. <laughs> Maybe it's a good thing. No, no, not at all. I it was it was I unusual to see Gabrielle go sliding in and do damage only to himself. Yeah. <laughs> that was a change from his his usual defensive strategy. Yeah, and our central defenders do like a, a sliding tackle. Shkodran Mustafi, he's a <laughs> that he's man. A guy. He plays on skates, doesn't he? Yeah. It's like he's got a quota. Yeah. <laughs> now, listen, I want today, I want you three times to go sliding in for no good reason. It could be a quota, or he could have a bet on against Gabrielle. <laughs> and they've been locked in competition for months. <laughs> With, uh, yeah, Joey Barton, bookmakers, Inc. <laughs> but he might be out because he's got a concussion, and he's been too ill to even train. Yeah. I saw, I saw some people during the week say he, he just needs to man up <laughs> and get out there and, you know, get, get it all behind him. It doesn't, doesn't quite work like that. Can you, can you, Jim, risk a guy in an FA Cup final who's so dizzy he can't even go to training when you could just basically run around the pitch a bit? It's, too, it's a big risk, isn't it? You can't. You can't. Not, not that, you know, you can't. It, it's, uh, if, if he gets a um, further injury, then, you know, you're... It's a nightmare, isn't it? You can't take that risk. And if he hasn't trained yet, you've got to say, it's not looking good. No. I mean, if, if he can't stay on his feet normally, <laughs> God knows what it'll be like with a concussion. Yeah. Just sliding everywhere. <laughs> I, I dread to think. Yeah. Tyo, what, what do you reckon? It's a 29-degree day on Saturday. He hasn't played for weeks. He's no, holding Monreal and uh, Per. Here it comes. Here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I mean... I'm really hoping for, the, the one thing I can take from it is I'm hoping for um, the 2005 script where we play with seven or eight defenders, do absolutely nothing all game. <laughs> and then win a penalty shooter? With Petacek saving all the penalties. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, that, that he hasn't saved this year. All in one goal. I'd, I'd love to see that, Tayo, but I don't know if you've seen Petacek facing a penalty this season. <laughs> It doesn't feel likely to me. Yeah. Well, like he could be saving them up. That's the whole. Yeah, that is the whole. He's thing. got a quota. Like there's a. <laughs> He's going to use it all in the final. There, there is a, a scientific thing, James. I'm not sure if you're aware of this. Science is not my strong point. I know. Yeah. It's called the law of averages. <laughs> And sooner or later, he's got to save one, right? <laughs> sooner or later. You'd think. You'd think. The final would be as good a time as any. Yeah. Who's Chelsea's penalty tag? Hazard. He's yeah. pretty handy. He's good at them. Yeah. Mm. I don't but maybe, maybe they might let John Terry take the penalty. <laughs> because well, it's his last game. <laughs> having come on for a crippled Gary Cahill, <laughs> he, he recreates that famous moment from the Champions League final where he slips on his arse and shanks the ball wide, then sits on the pitch and cries. <laughs> Petr Cech doesn't even have to make a save. It's a win-win. It, it would be a fitting farewell, yeah. certainly. 
There is a debate, of course, when it comes to the FA Cup and our goalkeeping selection. It has been, has been quite the issue down the years. You remember Wojciech Chesney was the first choice goalkeeper throughout the 2014 season, and Arsene Wenger decided to add a little bit of comedy to events by playing Lukas Fabianski. <laughs> mm. You know, fuck it, it's just whole. What could go wrong? Sure, sure. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> and then, of course, having dropped Wojciech Chesney for being a crafty smoker in the showers after that terrible game at Southampton and played Ospina, who'd played quite well for the whole rest of the season, he went and played Chesney in the final. Yeah. So, are you in any way worried <laughs> that Matt Macy is going to start the <laughs> FA Cup final? It is an alarming prospect, isn't it? Petr Cech played in the semi-final. That's the one thing. Because, you know, with Fabianski, he got us through, didn't he, in the penalty shootout? He was yes. a bit of a hero with Kim, he was a, Kim Shellstrom. Exactly. Who didn't start the final. Uh, but, yeah, and then with Chesney, there was that thing of, you know, he had been the number one. With Aspina, I feel like the game's up, isn't it? He's off to Turkey. Everyone seems to know it. Um, I think it's got, it's got to be Czech, hasn't it? Against Chelsea as well. Yeah. It's got to be Czech. It's got to be Czech. Which is why it'll be Ospina. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think it can be anything other than Czech. No, no, with, with our central defenders falling like flies, there is no way in the world he's going to put Ospina in there to, to, uh, yeah. to con control the box in his... In his uh, or Czech's che captain, isn't he? I imagine. Will he be? I guess, yeah. Or Mertesacker. Oh, Mertesacker. Mer we'll discuss The Walking three. Dead. Remember him? <laughs> he's back. He is back. He is back. What um, do you think about playing Mertesacker? I know you're a big Mertesacker man. Are you, are you, are you worried about him? I, on that I would turf? invite Mertesacker to play at my 50th birthday party with a ukulele. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> FA Cup final is nothing, man. Yeah. Um, look, it's a worry when a guy's been out for the entire season and has been seemingly okay for quite a few months and, and hasn't been played. I think that's maybe the one little doubt I have in the back of my mind. What has he been doing in the meantime? What are his other jobs as captain? The well, programme notes. He's see, busy with those programme notes. Doing the programme notes. But did you see that uh, Amy Lawrence wrote in her piece when she went out to uh, Rome to talk mm. to Wojciech Chesney? Mertesacker had been in touch with Chesney to say, look, you know, come on back, be part of the final, come back to the club, that kind of thing. I mean, I guess he has had plenty of free time on his hands. <laughs> like, what, what will I do today? Uh, oh, Chesney, I'll, you know. Yeah. But... <laughs> I think, you know, he's obviously, he's obviously got that experience and he is a player that all the rest of them really look up to and, and what have you. But, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a risk, isn't it? I mean, what if Kieran Gibbs, who is struggling with a thigh injury, what if he's not fit? I think you're going to say, what if he plays? <laughs> well, that, that's, that's, that's a different thing. But <laughs> I, do, uh, do we have worries, Tayo, over the, over the system? Like, if we don't have the, the ability to play Monreal as a centre-half because he's needed at left-back or left-wing-back, might you go to a back-four? I'm glad you mentioned that, because I was thinking that, but um, as I know nothing about football, I was hoping someone else would suggest it first. But no, well, I think What are you I'd, doing? I, off. I was going to tell you afterwards. <laughs> no, um, I genuinely think that it's um, based on absolutely no knowledge at all that it's possible that we'll play a back-four just because of... Um, just for some sort of for some extra kind of protection, some extra protection in the midfield. The fact that we don't actually have the players to play in the positions and the system that we've got. I mean, it's, if Monreal is playing left back, we do not have a left back unless. Mm. Uh, so we, yeah, necessity being the mother of invention and so forth. We might just have to do that. And um, 
Um, and Cochrane comes into the team, and and then hopefully we get my 2005 script that I'm working on yeah. of Neil Neil. Uh, you're uh, you're pretty uh, committed to this. I'm to yeah, especially because um, it would just be re really funny. We had this in 2005 when this happened. Um, uh, walking through the town centre afterwards, um, we were all celebrating as you do. And these Man United fans, how can you cheer that? We were like, <laughs> like this. <laughs> 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 and that just made it, just the fact that we absolutely stole it is, is, is a script that has happened to us on many occasions and everyone says, well, if you don't take your chances, blah, blah, blah. And it was just lovely to be on the other side of that and to go into this game so massively the underdogs would just make it funnier. Mm. Conte said that we're the favorites. Did he? Yeah. That's very funny. Because they've, al <laughs> they've already won something and this is our chance to win something and we might be a bit more up for it or a bit more focused. But they, they won that thing because they were better than us. <laughs> Don't tell him that. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, yeah. It's, look, it's not the first time we've gone into an FA Cup final with a bit of a patched up defence, is it? Well, that's right. 2003, if you remember, we, uh, we had a central defensive pairing of Oleg Luzhny. I loved Oleg. He was great. I saw so much of myself in Oleg, you know. Really? Slow, not very good. Yeah. It was, it was like watching myself play for Arsenal. Living vicariously through Luzhny. I think we all were at the yeah. time. Um, and, and Martin Keown, who I believe at the time was quite injured and had to have a number of pain-killing injections to get through the game. And when you think about it, that was a real challenge because Southampton had Brett Ormerod. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's... Guys, if we can survive Brett Ormond, Costa any, anything's Costa possible. Costa Hazard? <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Absolutely nothing. The players were so scared um, of Brett Ormond and what he could do that I remember, was it Pires and, Pires and Thierry running it down to the corner flag <laughs> at 1-0? You can almost see them saying to each other in French, oh, no, just keep it away from... Yeah, keep it away from Ormond. <laughs> keep it away from Brett. That guy could do us some real damage. Yeah. What about you, Jim? Are you, uh, do you think you're a back three or a back four man for the final? Well, I'm a back three man, but uh, you, you know what Wenger's like, don't you? Because I think you, it's something that served us well after a pretty disastrous, let's be honest, January to April. Wasn't particularly good. No. If we're being, uh, you know, honest. And I think that's suddenly, kind, Jim, to be honest. <laughs> I think he's being honest and kind. But I think, so suddenly something's happening and it's working. I say don't change it, but um, Wenger's Wenger. It could happen. Yeah. But no, I think it would be mad. I think it would be absolute madness to change. I think it's something that's just about working. It's, it's made us better. And I know we haven't quite got the personnel that we would have liked. But uh, I think it would be insane to, as well as not having the personnel, to then, uh, to then change it. All right. So let, let's throw this out there. Let's say that Kieran Gibbs is not available for the game. All right. Who, who are we playing, assuming we go with a back three where Bellerin's on the right? We've got Holding... Uh, Mertesacker, Monreal mm -hmm. as our centre halves. What are we doing with that left wing back position? Bellerin. Just put his boots on the other feet. All right. Be, be all right. Turn him around. <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah. much. And, um, and then Oxlade Chamberlain, who hasn't played for three weeks. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> yeah, I do wonder. I think, guys, I think it's time to unleash Cohen Bramall. The, <laughs> the signing from non-league in January. The ultimate fairy tale. The guy who came from the 8th division. Yeah. <laughs> Makes his debut on the Wembley turf. Can you imagine? Yeah, I could. Uh, yeah, that's the scary thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's the scary thing. Um, no, yeah. I, in seriousness, I genuinely don't know. I mean, I... I think we have to stick with the back three, right? Back three? 
Anyone up for a, a regular old back four? Right. A well, deafening silence. So that's they, pretty they, conclusive. Maybe we just go 4-4-2 four, four, while we're at it. Yeah, 4-4-2. Four, four, well, speaking of the eighth division, do we not still have, like, Alberto Mendes somewhere or Amari Bischoff or any um, of them? No, none of those guys are... None of those guys are around. They, they didn't make it for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Manchester City released Gail Clichy today. There's still time, guys. <laughs> Bring him home. Bring him home. <laughs> no, he's cup-tied. I've looked into it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be done. I made some phone calls. So it's not going to happen. Yeah, people did ask about Callum Chambers, but he's, he's cup-tied as well. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're wedded to the, to the back three, I think. Yeah. yeah, but who's your left wing back then? You've said this before, it's Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, isn't Oxley it? Oxlade-Chamberlain, because he's played left of a, a, the 4-3-3 or the 4-2-1-3 or 4-2-1-2 or whatever. Yeah. He's played out there plenty of times before. I'm not sure defending is his strong point anyway. Mm. So I don't think it would make too much difference if he was on the left or the right, although his crossing from the right-hand side has been has been pretty good. Um, Bellerin so, has played left wing back before. Has he? Yeah, he played it on loan at Watford a couple of times. Oh, that's, after, that's just before they cut his loan spell really short yeah. and sent him back? Yeah, because he was doing terribly, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, that augurs well. Yeah, it bodes well, yeah. It's um, an option, though. It's always good to have options. It is um, an option. I don't know. Basically, I think we're, we're praying for Kieran Gibbs to be fit. Which tells you something about the state we're in. Yes. I quite like Kieran Gibbs. I'm sorry, Kieran Gibbs, by the way. He's a, he's a, he seems like a nice guy. He does seem like... But I wish guy. he was better at football. <laughs> That's the only thing. Yeah, yeah I, I'd be with you on that. So, the other, I, the other issue, I suppose, is that midfield picks itself with, with Jack and Ramsey. Mm -hmm. There's no room to squeeze in a cock or El Neni. Um, <laughs> Come on. Um... Alexis and Ozil, and then who plays up, who plays up front, Tao? Yeah. There was a shout from the crowd for Sonogo. There was there. a great... Sorry, security, can we have someone removed? <laughs> Thank you. Sonogo's a great shout, but no, we've got his, we've got his 2017 replacement in Chaos Theory, otherwise known as Danny Welbeck, because... Much as though I love Danny Welbeck, and I do think Danny Welbeck should start because of for mobility reasons, but Christ, I wish he could finish mm. or remember how to finish. He clearly can. He just seems kind of shorn of some sort of confidence and the miss the other day, which you guys discussed. Uh, do you mean the assist? The brilliant assist? Yeah, the, the amazing... The which, amazing you, which you guys discussed the other day, yeah. Eyes in his back of his head assist. <laughs> yeah, he knew exactly what he was doing. I mean, it has to be... For, on a big pitch like that, it has to be Danny Welbeck starting. It makes, it, it, make, it makes the side move better, even if he himself isn't contributing the way that we'd want him to. Mm. Jim? 100%, because uh, Giroud seems to be better off the bench. So um, Welbeck every day, he does, he does miss a few. He also creates a few, and he, he's, um, yeah, I think it has to be. But, but, what about the semi-final, Manchester City? Giroud started, did he not? And then Welbeck came off the bench against a tiring City defence, big pitch. Changed the game, didn't he? Mm. So there is something to be said for that, potentially. Yeah. Lucas Perez is revving his engine, you know. <laughs> I think he can stop revving it, to be honest. <laughs> I think he, he can do what he wants on Saturday. I don't think he's going to be at Wembley, is he? No, well, maybe. He might make the bench, given we've got nobody else, but yeah. Yeah, true. Will there be a chapter on that, along with the other 43 chapters in Wenger's, uh, in Wenger's book he keeps promising? He will, he will tell you one day what happened. <laughs> <laughs> right after the Park Ju Sung uh, uh, chapter. Yeah. 
I mean, don't don't mention young. South Korea because James is still in trouble with those guys. Yeah, there's been a few issues over there, as people yeah. probably know. Well, let's, let's, let's gauge it from crowd reaction. Can we have uh, shouts for Giroud starting? <laughs> okay, laughs don't count. So I'm going to go with nil and then shouts for Danny Welbeck. <laughs> Problem solved. Crowdsourcing for team selection. It's the future, guys. Wow. That was, that was extraordinary. That, that was, was like... <laughs> Really unanimous. I mean, uh, honestly, you could hear a pin drop. <laughs> but I think there's one guy out there who really wants Giroud to start, but he was just scared. Yeah, he was. I mean, he was right as well, wasn't yeah. he? <laughs> He'd have been hounded out of this honestly, room Honestly, this whole event could have turned. Chased out by the Welbeckians. <laughs> no, I think, it, I think it has to be Welbeck, um, simply because he can give those defenders a bit more of a runaround, stretch the play. Uh, I'm with Tayo that I wish he could finish with a bit more frequency and regularity, but maybe he, like uh, Petr Cech with penalties, the law of averages, he's, he's due a goal. Saving it all up, saving it all up for Chelsea. Yeah, so that's, so that's our team more or less sorted out. Yeah. What do you think, James, of our actual chances? Ah, those. <laughs> um, I don't feel, br I mean, I don't want to be negative because it's cup final weekend, guys. Yeah. We should enjoy it right up until kickoff. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> as much as we can. Uh, no, I, I feel concerned. I'll be honest, I felt pretty good about it until all the defenders started dying. That was a turning point for me in my optimism. That was where things started to dive bomb. But it is a one-off game. You know, anything, anything could happen. Tyo's laughing at that. What are you laughing at? <laughs> I, I, just, I want it to be true, James. <laughs> we all want it to be true. No, I'm, I'm with you. Um, when the defenders started dropping off like that, <clears throat> um, when you think uh, the whole big pitch, uh, hot day, Mertesacker and Azard, um, I'm just I'm terrified. But you know, I'm never the most uh, enthusiastic um, of our bunch, so mm. but I am scared about this one. And I did go into the semi-final full of doom and gloom and didn't even want to go, and then and then went. Well, exactly. We, well, we, all, we, all, we all felt yeah, full of doom and gloom. It ended up being a great day and a great game of football, and and I would love that to be the case. And I'll be watching it from behind the sofa. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I do like your idea of recreating the 2005 final because. Oh, that was very funny indeed, to be honest. We had absolutely no right to win that game. I think the, the, the best bit was when nobody realised Reyes had been sent off. Remember that? <laughs> Towards the end, he got sent off and it was like... Yeah, no it was kind of like an allegory for his entire Arsenal career, really. It <laughs> just disappeared and no one really understood it. It was a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't feel... It's difficult to be confident, isn't it? They're the best team in the country. I don't like saying it, but they are. Yeah. But we have beaten them this season. We have. We have. And I, I'm not trying to say that this is something that should definitely happen, but it did coincide with an unfortunate event happening to you. Ah. <laughs> Do you remember? Remember when, you know, you got stuck in traffic and you missed a goal and then you missed the second goal and yeah. by that... By that so what you're saying is, James, can you not go to the game on Saturday? Or could you just fall down? Sure. You know, like the steps at Wembley Way, getting off the train. Just... <laughs> There's a lot of steps at Wembley Park there Station, are. actually. There are. I mean, what's worrying is I arrived here tonight and several people have come up to me saying they're concerned that I look so healthy. <laughs> I've, I mean, I have not been in a room with so many people who wanted to harm me since school. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel genuinely at risk here. Right. Maybe at the end of the show, I'll crowd surf and we'll just see what happens. 
Yeah, do the thing, do the thing. Everybody come up to the front. James can do the thing where he jumps into the crowd and you just... Yeah. <laughs> Part like the Red Sea. Splat, yeah. splat. But yeah, look, it, it's a final. Strange things happen in finals, as we know. Uh, as Arsenal fans, it has happened to us. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll remember that Wigan beat Manchester City a few years back, quite unexpectedly. That was, that was funny. I'm not saying we're Wigan. <laughs> But who's our Ben Watson? Yeah. That's a good question. No, I don't know. I don't, know. I don't, I don't think know. we've got anyone that good. No. Um, and yeah, look, you just, I, I guess you have, to, you have to hope, even if it is uh, That's a bit it. worrying. That's it. Seven wins from eight. Jim, are you going to bang the drum? Do you believe? Well, on the basis that I was at, beside myself with fear before the Villa Cup final, I think it's pretty much my default position. <laughs> no, no, I'm not particularly uh, optimistic. But we are on a good run of form. Come on, we are. And, um, and it's Alexis's, can we say that? Can we say it could be his last game? Could be lots of people's last games. So, um, mm. no, I'm not optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> it, guys, however nervous you feel, think how much worse it would have been if Spurs had won that semi-final. I dread to think how... Well, imagine this evening tonight. You, it would just be the most tense occasion you could possibly imagine. <laughs> just 100 people sat in a room weeping. Going, no, no, no. Worrying no. about what could happen at Wembley. Yeah. This, is, this is comparatively chilled out. Yeah. We, we, it's a win whatever now. As long as Spurs aren't happy, it's going to be all right. Yeah, all, all we have to do is stop Chelsea doing the double. That's... Yeah. <laughs> That's it. It's in That's our hands. It. We're the favourites. Antonio Conte said. Yeah, he did. And he would never lie. No... He would never lie. Um, so, that's the FA Cup final. That is the FA Cup final. Um, where are we going with this now? Did we say, should we give some crisps away? Yeah, why not? Do Let's you want to do the quiz? We've got, a, we've got a couple of quiz questions here. So, I'm just gonna, we're going to have to do it. I'm going to ask the question and like the first hand I see go up um, because unfortunately we don't have the budget to give you all buzzers like with a proper quiz show. So what I'll do is I'll ask the question, yeah. you keep an eagle eye on the crowd, and you pick the first person who's got their hand up as far as you can see. Okay, and then they'll uh, have to shout really loud, yeah? Arse blog uh, writers and uh, people who know fucking every obscure thing about Arsenal are not allowed, Tim yeah. Stillman. I uh, know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the first question is about the 1979 FA Cup final when Arsenal beat Manchester United 2-0. He knows the answer already. Look, he knows. <laughs> I want to know who scored all the goals in the final. All the goals. All the goals. Ma- Arsenal and all Manchester United. All goal scorers. The five goal scorers. Okay. There's a hand here, but I, his oh, face is not as convinced as his arm. Talbot, Stapleton, McElroy, McQueen, Sunderland. That's correct. Correct. Give the man some ruffles. One, ma- one bag of ham on ruffles for you, sir. They are so delicious. So delicious. Okay. Here's another pack of delicious ham on ruffles. James, we can't, we can't give them all away. Oh, sorry. Okay, yeah. Keep because some we, for we've us. got to keep some for ourselves. It's about, yeah. This is about the 1993 FA Cup final. In the first game, the drawn game that finished 1-1, 
Both goal scorers, please. I saw that guy there, actually, quick as a flash. No. He might John Harks, he said he was incorrect. No, incorrect. Uh, oh, Andrew. I have a pink shirt there, sorry. No. Uh, the guy there with, the, with less hair than me. No, it wasn't. That guy at the back. David Hurst and Ian Wright. Excuse me, I'll, I'll go deliver ruffles. You want to ask one more question? Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. 1993, the second game. The Andy Linegan goal. Who took the corner from which Linegan headed home the crucial goal? Andrew, did you see a hand? I saw that guy, but he already got a go, so... Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know who did it. You, you pick one. I'm, I'm very uneasy now. I picked I feel this man like right about... at the back in the far corner. Yes. It was Paul Merson. It was Paul you can, you can share in our ruffles up here after the show. We'll share some of our ruffles with you. Hang on, I'll do that one. Okay. Uh, okay, do you want another question? One more question, okay. Because he's Andrew scared we're going to give away all the crisps. Okay, 1998. Oh, I'm back in the game. I understand Ooh. what's happening again. <laughs> Mark Overmars, who passed to Mark Overmars for his goal in the 1998 FA Cup final? Guy with the glasses. Emmanuel Petit, Petit correct. All right. I need, I need some crisps for the guy. All right. Precious cargo indeed. We, we will have some more crisps to give away in, in part two, so don't worry about it. And, and we will have some crisps to share on stage afterwards because we're good people. We are good people. And, and we love you. Guys, um, as ever in part two, we are going to be needing some questions from you guys. So yeah, put I'm, your thinking caps on. Yeah, some good questions. No, no pressure or anything <laughs> like that. No pressure at all. Um, so one of the things that James and I wanted to do this evening was... Uh, I'm sure many of you have seen the, uh, the thing that Jimmy Kimmel does, the mean tweets kind of stuff. And, and if, you, if you write about Arsenal, if you produce content about Arsenal, you, you will understand that there are a range of opinions out there at this moment in time, and, and not all of them are, are terribly complimentary. No. Not all of them. I mean, the internet's a scary place, guys. It is a bit, it is a bit weird. Um, so we wanted to just maybe read out a few of the, the comments that we get or, or, or things like that. So um, let me see if I can get this one here. A while ago, I did a Photoshop of... You, this is no good for the people uh, at home, and maybe you can't see it here. But uh, Hector Bellerin posted a picture of his girlfriend and his dog. So I, I Photoshopped Hector Bellerin's head onto his dog's head and his head onto... <laughs> Uh, the dog's head onto Hector Bellerin's head. It's the only obvious thing to do Absolutely. in that circumstance. So this guy on Facebook, who's called Behram, said, Is he for real? God has created you human. Appreciate it, dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> Which I liked. Yeah. I like that. 
I mean, I, I, obviously, it's not intended negatively, but I have people wishing ill health on me constantly online. Um, I also do some stuff on YouTube, and of all the comments, YouTube comments are sometimes the most uh, abrasive, let's yeah. say. Um, a guy uh, called Rectard said to me two weeks ago, you look like a skinny Phil Mitchell. <laughs> Which I, I thought was... On a similar theme, uh, I put up a video reacting to the Watford game earlier this season, um, just giving my analysis, my thoughts about the game, some tactical insights, you know, whatever I can do. Stephen Dowling95 replied, how long until you're fully bald, mate? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was in September. It's like there's a countdown. Yeah, and, and then in April, um, I posted a picture of me on a holiday in Spain. Stephen Dowling came back, just saying... <laughs> he recurred, he, he bounced up again. Just all he said this time, you're bald, mate. <laughs> um, we, we, uh, James and I also write for ESPN, uh, ESPN FC, and they have this... The commentators have this strange thing where they refer to you by your surname all the time, so it's always McNicholas or, or Mangan. Um, this comment doesn't have that, I just wanted to mention that. I wrote a piece about moving to three at the back, and a guy called David Farmer came along and said, well, it won't be bad, it'll give our, uh, more game time to our defenders and make rotation easier. The same thing with our midfield. Arsenal is an attacking, passing team. I think the three at the back will suit them. Oh, and Arsblog is quite a mediocre fan site. <laughs> Slam! Boom! You've been roasted. Thank you for that, David. Uh, <laughs> five months ago, I put a little video on YouTube. Um, James Baker very kept it straight, just came in with, you look like a massive nerd, James. <laughs> but Mickey Madras, he was clever. He, he, he played a bit of one-upmanship and said, you look more like a massive turd. <laughs> so there are some great minds out there on the YouTube comment section. Good yeah. to know. This is a good one. Um, this was a comment on um, a post about Petr Cech talking about the players not being able to perform during this difficult period of the season we had. So Eric Chisholm came along and I should point out that when you when you come to Arsblog News to leave a comment the first time your comment has to be approved pre-moderated uh, and then afterwards your comments are allowed you know without me having to do anything but Eric came along and he talked about uh, he replied to somebody he said that somebody sounded a bit delusional he said um, it's the same issue with Wenger he's been very self-assured intelligent and well-spoken He's pretty much the managerial equivalent to Jeffrey Dahmer, just without the murders and such. <laughs> and after about seven minutes, when the comment hadn't been approved, he came back to leave another one and replied to himself to say, I meant to say Ted Bundy, not <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer. It's good to clear that up. Yeah. Which serial killer is Arsene Wenger? Yeah. Um, this one, I, I did a video, somewhat embarrassing, where I dressed up as Arsene Wenger and sang, <laughs> I mean, it's a good start, isn't it? And I sang a song dissing Robin Van Persie. And Ovi Wovi Woo wrote Ooh. about me dressed as Arsene Wenger. This guy is a freaking old man. <laughs> if he said it to Van Persie face to face, Van Persie will knock the shit out of that old prick. <laughs> and I, I shouldn't have responded, but I did. And I said, oh, I was, 
I was wearing a wig and makeup. I was dressed up to look old. And undeterred, he came back with, go suck Arsene Wenger's dick, you ugly ass motherfucker. <laughs> so that teaches you not to engage with trolls, it basically. Does. It does. There you um, go. And if anyone was wondering why it is we haven't won the Premier League or the Champions League, uh, I, I found out this week it's my fault. Entirely, entirely my fault. Uh, Dan, at Dan5570 on Twitter said, your pathetic fear is what holds Arsenal back from joining the 21st century. Sad. <laughs> I have long thought that. I knew the fans chanted against Wenger, then they chanted against Kroenke, and next, it will be you. It will be me. It will be me. And the final one I have here is, um, uh, uh, sometimes, uh, if I have a few beers on a Saturday night, I'll go home and play music over the internet on, on this thing called Mixler. It's quite good, it's quite fun, but... I tend not to remember it by the end. Um, and I got an email from Nick Christie, who said, uh, Hey, Aris Blog, I really enjoyed the Mixler session, as tipsy blogs making drunken promises are the best blogs. <laughs> so I replied, Uh-oh. <laughs> what promises did I make? And he replied, Ha-ha, you promised to come and drink bourbon with me and my husband. Sounds all right. But then he said, it's especially hilarious as I have a girlfriend and a dog, but not a husband. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. There you go. And there's just one man who always comes on my YouTube channel and every time I put up a video just writes Tintin. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it just keeps happening, guys. It's, it's quite a sophisticated form of bullying. <laughs> anyway, should we call that part one? Yeah, we'll call that part one. We're going to take a, a little break. You guys get yourself a drink. We'll come back in 15, 20 minutes. We'll do part two with your questions right after this. Cheers. Thanks, guys. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Good evening, everyone. Hello again. Hello. Are we recording? Yeah. We, are, we are recording now, which is why people should, you know, stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> Um, like the uh, traditional Arsecast Extra, this is the part of the show where we're going to answer questions that you guys have. So I hope you've thought of some really excellent, interesting questions that will uh, help us entertain you. Uh, this is the kind of the lazy part of the show, I think. Yeah, exactly. You guys do the work now. Yeah. But before we do, James has discovered 
a very interesting fact about the 2002 FA Cup final. Yeah, we were doing some research um, for, for, for asking a couple of questions maybe later in the show. And I had forgotten this, but John Terry didn't actually start the 2002 FA Cup final. And going on Wikipedia, it says the reason he didn't start, on the day of the final, Terry woke up with a virus which affected his balance. <laughs> a, a virus he has seemingly suffered with for years since. <laughs> he can't shake it, the poor guy. But yeah, amazing, didn't know yeah. that. He came on at half time. Yeah, I wonder if a that, telling contribution. Like, part of me thinks that could be Wikipedia mischief. You know. I don't know, guys. There's a source. I mean, I'm not going to check what it is. I'm just going to assume it's true. That's how everyone else works, isn't it? Yeah. The source is the Edinburgh Evening News. If they oh, can't well. be trusted, who can? Truly the most august of journals. Well, there you go. It really is. <laughs> so we're going to do, do questions. Uh, 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 normally, James is the one that is banished to the crowd. Mm. Uh, but I've got a radio mic, so I'm going to wander about. So... Um, uh, let's do it. Let's let's have questions if you've got one. Let's start here. Let's do it. Oh no! I, um, right. Okay. Go on. That's all right. It's okay. When Wenger leaves, which is sometime. Sometime. Then in the, the future. The obviously. distant future. Yeah. Yes. Well, I'm still alive, hopefully. Um, who would you like rather take over, Jose Marino? Or Phil Collins. <laughs> will, will, you, will you cover his ears just for a second? You've absolutely fucked me here. Thank you very much. Jose Mourinho or Phil Collins. I mean, the problem is, you imagine the team would probably fare better under Mourinho. Than under, under Phil Collins? Yeah. And now I've got visions of being under Phil Collins. This is <laughs> terrible. This is a terrible start to this part of the show. Um, uh, oh, God, this is so difficult. We might win the cup final against all odds. Yes. You never, you never know as well. Maybe Phil, maybe Phil Collins has got the invisible touch. Uh, <laughs> Any more? That's what we brought him for. That's it. You've done your work here now. Yeah. You've got, you got the punt. Who would I... Um, I, I just... I can't even... Count I mean, you guys, I the I listeners at home won't be able to see this, but Andrew is crying now. I am. I'm li literally... I'm crying on the inside and from places where I shouldn't be crying. Um, Phil, you see... You see, I really... really hate Jose Mourinho. <laughs> And there's all that stuff about him being, well, he knows how to win. And that's true. Yeah, charity shit. But, you know. What did you make of his treble last night, Andrew? It was did a enjoy, fantastic. Did you enjoy that? The, the, yeah, the three-fingered salute. The, the three, yeah. 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 <laughs> League Cup, Europa League. Not that I'm being sniffy about the Europa League, because it's obviously. It's a great competition, it's guys. It's a, it's a competition. brilliant competition. And a real honor to be part what, of it. One that we have aspired to for, for many years. We flirted with it and, uh, and everything. Um, but you know, community shield. <laughs> um, I, I guess, I suppose, I would rather Phil Collins took over because he wouldn't, <laughs> he wouldn't last long. That's, that's the best answer I can come up with. 
Yeah, fair enough. Is that all right? Yeah, I think that's fair enough. I mean, I mean, it will have hurt you to say it, but you did have to give one or the other. Jim, if you had to choose a 1980s pop star to take over as manager of Arsenal, <laughs> who would it be? Well, that would obviously be Andy McCluskey from OMD, because they're the best band ever. Okay. <laughs> all right. Tao? Prince. <laughs> and I, Mate, I, there's the a problem there. There's a problem. Yeah, there is a problem there. <laughs> Guys, if we could sign Kim Chalstrom with a broken back, then Prince could be our manager. <laughs> All right, I'm going to get another question. Who's got it? Uh, right, okay, let's do it. So, gents, I'm afraid this is actually a bit more of a serious question than the pro. I wish I could give you a funny one, but... That's all right. So, um, obviously, there's been a lot of chat about problems with people not being happy with the club, with the way the club's being run up at boardroom level. And for me, personally, in my opinion, I've noticed a bit of a slide ever since David Dean left the club. And I'm not really sure he was ever replaced by someone who really kind of epitomised the values and what was required to, to keep it going with the same kind of momentum it had been going before then. So uh, I guess my question is, even though it's highly unlikely he's going to be brought back while Kroenke's there because he's basically a, a, you know, an Usmanov you know, um, flunky these days, mm. um, is there a way he could ever be brought back and is there a, do you agree that it's been an unsettling uh, situation with him gone? Because even you can, you kind of get it as well when you've heard him being interviewed. I've never had the pleasure of meeting the man, but he, when you, just his energy, just the way he is, just his character, he just, just oozed and epitomised everything about the club. And you could kind of understand why he was able to sign so many players. Because when you met him, you thought, you know, I want to go with this guy. He's, he's, he's awesome. Yeah, so that's my question. I think it's. I think whatever you think of David Dean as a person, I think it's very difficult to argue that we haven't missed him on the football side. Uh, he was a huge ally of Arsene Wenger's, someone he worked really closely with. But I think when people talk about bringing him back, I mean, I, I, I don't mean to be ageist at all, but David Dean is 73 now. We were saying earlier, and mm. I, it's not. It's not an appointment necessarily for the for the future or the or the long term. It's fair to say, right? Yeah. Um... You, somebody who had that influence or that ability to bring out the best of, of Arsene Wenger, I think, is somebody that's been missed, right? Mm. To have that person that you really trust, because it was interesting when Wenger was asked about... Stop talking down the front, please. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Wenger was asked, you know, about director of football and all that kind of stuff, and he was very cautious about it because he feels like it would impinge on his authority as a manager. But Dean was basically doing much of that work when they, when they were together. Now, he was kind of the architect of his own downfall, really, wasn't he? I'll take this mic. Um, is this one on? Okay, we got this one. No, it's good. Um, he sort of orchestrated all the stuff that's gone on, and, and um, you know, he has, been, he has been a miss, but I think in terms of moving forward as a football club, it's about finding someone who can do what he did, um, but who can be there for, for more years. Yeah, I mean, Edward was not a good example because he's had a fair few fuck-ups in the transfer market, particularly in his first window. But it is... I saw Jose Mourinho sort of said after the Europa League final, he was like, well, I've got my list of targets, I've given it to Ed Woodward, and that's that. Yeah. And, I, and I kind of wish that at Arsenal there was a similar structure in place whereby, you know, I'm not saying that the manager shouldn't have the authority to choose who he wants, but I think sometimes there's been a bit of an issue with Arsenal being so close to negotiations. Mm. Tyle? Um, I mean, David Dean's a little bit like, um, like Theo Walcott when he's out of the team. He's, he's become... 
you know, he's, he's turned into this kind of mythical unicorn figure since he left since he left the club. And I do agree with you that he brought out the best in Arsenal Wenger. They obviously had a relationship that that worked, but like the guys have said, um, that time has possibly moved on. And also, let us not forget that you know one of the reasons why the club and the ownership situation is the way it is is because of a situation which David Dean kind of brought, brought on and much as so and I mean we all watched the Rocky and uh, Wrighty documentary recently and that bit at the end when he goes you know we're not supposed to have our favourites as a, as, as a director and then he, he gets his dramatic pause in because he's always good at that I mean you know he, he plays very well to us guys which is why we're having a conversation now and then he said Rocky was my favourite and like, you know we all got a bit throat lumpy there so there's so much to like about David Dean but you know he, we you, don't, you get the feeling, I mean, I've never met him either, but if I did, I'd, re- I'd feel like I'd been finessed by him by the time he walked away. Do you know what I mean? I think... Charmed. He, absolutely. He's, um, he's smooth like that. Mm. So, yeah, that's, 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 my, that's, that's the strength and the weakness that I have with David Dean. Jim? I, don't, I think nostalgia is a very powerful emotion, but I don't, I don't, think, it's, I don't think it's healthy to keep looking back. Mm. Ultimately, uh, much as we like to go on about 49 undefeated, I think we, in this instance, you need to look forward and find someone a bit like him. But the trouble is, he was part owner, part Arsenal fan, part... He, and I don't know whether that kind of thing even exists now. No. So um, I, wouldn't, I don't think he's the right man to come back, but I do think Wenger, let's assume he stays. I mean, it's a big assumption, but let's assume he stays. He needs a sounding board, someone who can tell him it's not the right decision, mm. someone who can tell him that it is. I mean, I don't, th- I don't feel like he has that, so... Somebody like him, I agree. Not him, though. The, the, the problem is that Arson is so picky, I guess. You know, David Dean is someone he had a, a relationship with before he arrived at Arsenal. He's the reason Arson came. Mm. And just bringing somebody in, you know, a Gazidis appointment or whoever it might be, who Arson's prepared to work with on the same level, very difficult to find somebody like that. That's the issue. Yeah. But it's got to be somebody who is going to be there beyond Arsene Wenger. That's the thing. So it's not about who works best with Arsene Wenger, but who's going to, who's going to work best for the club over the next uh, 15, 20 years. All right, I'm going to go this side for a question. Uh, man here with glasses. Hello, man with glasses. Uh, hello, Andrew. Uh, first question is, when's Natalie Imbruglia coming on? Uh, she was last week. Okay. <laughs> Um, but more seriously, uh, a couple of months ago, you had Perry Groves on to uh, one of your ask cards, and he titillated us with uh, news that perhaps Patrick Vieira was coming back in some sort of management capacity. Has that all gone away now? Was that all rubbish? And linked to that, if you could only have one of the two, either a management change or a backroom, boardroom structure change, which one do you think would have the best effect on Arsenal? There we go, Andrew. First question, is Perry Groves a liar? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Look, I think that was one of the things that was going around, that there was contact with some of the the legends. And you do wonder if it was one of those things that was put out there to make people think, oh, okay, let's take our minds off other bad things that are going on. But... um, yeah, I don't know if the information was false or what exactly that, that situation was, but there has been... Look, the, the names that were put about, this is what was going on in the background. Vieira and Bergkamp were the two names that were put out there, sort of on the rumour mill behind the scenes. People were talking about these guys coming back in. I haven't heard anything more about that since... But I think that could be in some ways tied to the inertia that we have with the, with the manager's position. I think that's true. I think it probably speaks to the inertia 
with everything with the club at the moment. It feels like a couple of months ago, it felt like we were closer to clarity on what was going to happen than we are now. We've actually sort of regressed in that respect. Um, it'd be a great thing. I would love, personally, I know that, you know, he's been to Man City, he's been to New York, and his relationship with Arsenal hasn't always been what it might have been, but I would really love to see Patrick Vieira back at the club. Right. Jim, what do you think? I'd, I, would, I would love to see him back in some capacity, not yet as manager. Um, I don't think he's ready for that kind mm. of role yet. But I, I would like to see those kind of players back because we don't, you know, it, a lot of those guys did drift off and, um, and he's obviously a massive legend. Bergkamp, he'd be a great guy to have back. Obviously, now that we're in the Europa League, Kyrgyzstan and Kazakhstan, a bit far <laughs> away on the plane. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, the Skype. The Skype, yeah. yeah. Yeah, iPads. You could have an iPad for yeah, a halftime team talk. It's really not a problem these days. Exactly. So let's get them both back. Tyler? Well, the thing about, the thing about Vieira and Bergkamp is that they've gone off, done their things as coaches, and they're still working on it. So I agree with you. I'll be happy with them. It's, and it's a pelter that gets you know, used against uh, Arsene Wenger a lot of the time. But I can see the problem with not seeing those players back because they've done something at the club and we all talk about a Bayern Munich model but then when you get the madness of Seoul or the madness of TA wanting to come back mm. much as though I adore we all adore Sol Campbell and Tony Adams but I don't want them I don't want them coaching anywhere near the first team thanks <laughs> very much because they're just not so you know a lot of the conversations depending on what argument it's all confirmation bias if you're so against Arsene Wenger then it's a then C doesn't want the experience of Sol Campbell in the dressing room. I don't want the experience of Sol Campbell in the dressing room because... <laughs> oh, a little bit of politics again. <laughs> there is that. There is that too. But, you know, it's like you do want to do see... You'd love to see the players that you've identified with who've done their time doing mm. it. Who can, who can genuinely contribute. Who can that's contribute. that's yeah. the thing, I guess. But the other question... That's my beer, mate. It's all right. Well, that's okay. The, um, yeah, the second question, Andrew. I mean, the that second is question was a like, massive question. It, again, it depends on, on both counts who's going to take over. Right. Who is going to take over and what are their plans or what can they do? Um, I, th I think we're at the point where a managerial change is more realistic than boardroom or ownership change. You know, just by the fact Arsene Wenger is 67 and Stan Kroenke does not want to sell the club and has been quite um, strident about that in, in recent days. So um, it, it looks like managerial change is the one that will have to happen. But with that managerial change has to come structural change in terms of the way the football club is set up from a technical point of view. The, the mythical director of football, the recruitment, the scouting, the coaches. Coaches will change if a new manager comes in. That's the, that's the other thing. Mm. Managers bring their own coaches and tea ladies and all that. So. But if you could choose, though, if you could choose new manager or new owner, neither of them is Phil Collins. <laughs> Who, which would you rather? What do you think would be healthier for Arsenal? Oh. If I could choose, because it would be something that would be longer term, would be a new owner who actually had real interest in making the club successful and achieving its potential. Um, and if that owner had that vision or had that ambition for the club, then if Arsene Wenger underperformed, would then be able to make the necessary change at that level too. So I think that would kind of, 
not quite kill two birds with the one stone, but I think that's what I'd choose. Fair enough. All right. Yeah. All right. Good answer. I'm going to go down the back of the room a bit. Uh, oh, way. he's gone. I got, oh, he's yeah. roaming. Okay, I got one here. I'll come back down. Yeah. It's actually a bit of a John Terry point, but it, it, it's a, an Arsenal ownership point. On, uh, after the last game on, was it Sunday? Mm -hmm. uh, he made actually quite a Churchillian speech, but actually the telling point was when he went back to the centre circle and he talked to Abramovich and he said something like, you know, I know you put lots of money into this club, but you care about this club. You care from the under eights all the way through. And I thought that's, that's the problem. You know, we, have, we don't have an owner, we have an investor. And we need an owner. And I actually think that whichever manner... I think that the, the current regime with Kroenke and a board with Chips Keswick there, and I, 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 have, I know firsthand about board issues and, and, and the fact that they live in a world 50 years ago. Um, we need a new owner because I don't think we'll get a manager worth his salt who will come into the club and want to work under, uh, under the current ownership structure. And, and therefore, I think we need a new owner rather than a, a new manager. Wenger will go within two years, but this is the beginning of the end. We must make sure that Arsene Wenger leaves with the dignity and, and let's, you know, I, I know it's a cliche, but everybody has, uh, uh, everybody says he has made an amazing contribution to the club and football. It's totally true. We mustn't let that get destroyed. But we do need a new owner more than a new manager. I'm not sure it will happen unless uh, Usmanov makes a, a knockout bid. Um, if he, Usmanov may then take his money to Everton or somewhere else if he gets fed up. We're really in a difficult situation. I'm very miserable about, uh, about the future because we're in the worst, we're in, we are in a rock and a hard place with Stan Kroenke, unfortunately, and that was David Dean's fault. You're so miserable you forgot to ask a question. <laughs> <laughs> no, but very well said, nonetheless. Yeah. Okay. No, you, you don't get ruffled. You can share our ruffles for that. <laughs> okay, I'm going to come around here for, the, for this lady, and we'll get another question. Hello, 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 hello. Hello, hello. Hello. So my question is completely different to that topic, which is good. Uh, I completely appreciate we're not a one-man team, but had Sandy Cazorla not got injured, where would we have finished in the Premier League table? Wow. Very good question. Very good question. I mean, certainly... <laughs> yeah, there's a few calls for fourth, which doesn't surprise me. A few shouts of second. Well, what's the competition, really, I guess? I think Chelsea still would have won the league by at a canter. I mean, they've put together a hell of a run this year. See, I... I, I you remember when we were going to play Watford? Yeah. Uh, the end of January. And Chelsea, we were second in the table. Mm. And Chelsea were eight points ahead of us. And the next game after Watford was Chelsea. If we'd beaten Watford, not been knocked sideways on our arses, if we'd managed to beat Chelsea at Stamford Bridge, you're looking at a, a swing, a change in momentum. So I'm not sure it would have been quite as, as clean cut, but um, I, I do feel like... It's taken him until moving to the back three to figure out a way to play without Sandy Cazorla. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting. It's completely changed the trajectory of the team, hasn't it? Because with Cazorla there, we probably would never have had the need to go to a back three because we would have had a more functional midfield. So it's sort of difficult to imagine what shape we'd be in. I definitely think we'd be in the top four. I think we'd definitely be above that Liverpool side. Yeah. Um, and even Man City, I think, you know, we would have given them a run for their money. There were still defensive issues... 
with the with the centre backs and with them being exposed. But Cazorla has such a massive, massive influence. I know he's signed a one-year deal, but I do think that now Arsenal have to sort of, you know, do the do the Diaby thing where you kind of imagine he's not going to be available and yeah. build a team without to him. the future, Tail. Well, I think we definitely would have pushed for the coveted um, made a made a race of it trophy <laughs> that, um, <clears throat> that Tottenham managed to secure this season. <laughs> so I think we would have definitely been up there with that. But um, yeah, no, I agree with again what everyone said about Sandy Cazorla. But also, I mean, if we're going to lay some criticism, we shouldn't really be in a position where our hopes of a title challenge or anything are resting on a. 32-year-old with uh, Achilles problems. Mm. Um, you know, Jack Wilshire went out on loan at the start of the season. Um, there's not really been any contingency for Cazorla getting injured, and that just seems like an oversight. Jim? I'm not convinced, if I'm honest, that it would have been massively different. Because if... I don't know if any of you have got Time Hop on your phones, right? But Time Hop remembers what you did a year ago on social media, <laughs> and then two years ago, and then three years ago, and then four years, and back it goes. And it's hilarious every time it reminds me in the morning and look at it, and it's got all the same kind of anguished tweets from three, four, five, six, seven years ago. Exactly the same points. And, and my worry is that, yes, he's a great player, Gazola, but I think the fault lines that have run through this team for a very long time ignore the last seven games, but they really have. I don't think they would have gone away just if he'd been fit. And that's what worries me more, is that the kind of mentality where we, we don't take up a level when we have the chance, and little things like that, and, and, and we, just, we always seem a little bit too far away, and I'm not sure he would have made the difference. All right, I'm going to go down, just down the back of it and try and spread it out. Sorry, folks. Uh, guy with a hat. You're easy to see. <laughs> Hello, guy with a hat. So, originally, I'm from America. Been Arsenal fans since 2000, Premier League has a very wide global appeal. I became an Arsenal fan because at the time they were the only team that could stop Man U dominance. So if you had to recruit more Arsenal fans who were foreigners, what reasons would you give to somebody if they say, hey, James, what, which football team should I support? <laughs> give me reasons why I should be an Arsenal fan. What would be your case? <laughs> Start with an easy one, okay. Because I want to inflict pain on you yeah. for the rest of your life. Are you a masochist? Um, what's good about Arsenal? What's good about supporting Arsenal? Well, I mean, I imagine... Look, look at all these people here yeah. tonight. This is what's good. This That's is what's true. good. There's a hell of a community around them. And I think that the problem is that a lot of the... I think that question would have been easier to answer even two years ago because... I think a lot of the things that Arsene Wenger instilled at Arsenal and the sense of identity he built around the club were stronger then. And they were things like playing really attractive football, making sure that there was an opportunity for young players to break through. Um, just a, a, st a certain style with which Arsenal carried themselves. And to be honest, it went beyond Arsene Wenger at one stage. It went right into the boardroom. And, you know, we talked about David Dean and him being very charming. And that was sort of something that carried right through the club, the marble halls and everything like that. But I think of late, some of those qualities have been less evident. For example, we aren't that fun to watch anymore. And the fact that we've even gone to a back three is kind of a compromise that Wenger has made that we're all happy to see because it's bringing results. But it's, it's kind of an anti-Wenger move, fundamentally. And, and I think it still sits uneasy with him because he wants to play attacking football and he, he views that as a, a defensive change. So what I hope, obviously, is that if Arsene Wenger does stay, that he's able to get back to putting out something that looks like an Arsenal team. Because I think 
Arsenal teams over the last 20 years maybe have been the best to watch in the Premier League. Over the course of Arsenal's reign, I don't think any other team has been as consistently attractive. Um, but we're not there now. So it's a harder sell now, maybe. Jim, got any... How would you convince somebody they should support Arsenal? Well, I think there's always been a certain way that Arsenal do things. As everyone always says there's the, the, you know, the Bank of England club, the kind of class that we do things with. I still think that holds true. I'm sure it happens in other clubs. But um, there's something very historic about Arsenal. There's something that, um, that I think it, you know, that we, do, we tended to do things the right way. It has obviously changed a bit <laughs> with the change of owners over the years. But... Um, and also, we, you know, we've been successful for a long time. I mean, you have to wait, tend to wait about 15 years for a title. But they tend to come again. <laughs> so don't worry. It will happen again. It will, we will win the league again. We might even get to a Champions League final again. So it's not like a one-trick pony. or not one-trick pony. Like a one-off like Leicester. Yeah. Arsenal will always be there or thereabouts. We're, not, you know, we're kind of thereabouts at the moment. But we'll get there. Okay. Tyler? Well, James has said a lot of the things I was going to say about, you know, we used to have Project Youth. We could at least be quite happily smug about the way that we did things. And the main thing was two years ago that we used to play the best football. James has said all of that. So all I've got left for you is that we're always on telly. So <laughs> we are always on telly. So if you want to support Arsenal, then that's a good bet. But also, no other club is called the, the Arsenal. Yeah. That's a big thing. That is good. Cannons are pretty cool, guys. And red's a great colour. Yeah. And North London, yeah. Exactly. Beautiful part of the world. And all of you guys. Chief Station. All right, we're going we're gonna to take a little break from questions to give away some, uh, some more ham on ruffles, because I know that's why you're really here. <laughs> so a uh, few more FA Cup final questions. Uh, James, you keep an eye on the crowd here, and I'll, okay. I'll, all right. I'll do the thing. I'll all right, we're going back fingers to... Fingers on the buzzers, uh, guys. Going back to 1998 at uh, Wembley, uh, when Alan Shearer was, was made... Miserable, and it seems to have stuck with him a bit, doesn't it? It has, yeah. It's like... Like John Terry's dizziness. <laughs> Enduring. So, uh, Nicholas Anelka scored uh, the goal that sealed the game for us. Who played the pass to him? Oh. That guy that... Yeah. Uh, yeah, you saw it. Yeah, yes, you. you. Yes. Ray Parler, good shout. Well remembered. Ray Parler. Pass me that book. Your dreams have come true. With free crisps. Lovely. Okay. Okay. Next question. All right. We're taking you back to 2001. <gasps> <gasps> Straightforward, this one. Who was in goal for Liverpool? Yeah. Correct. Stefan Oncho. <laughs> that was the answer we were looking Paul for. Marks. Not Vesterveld. <laughs> you were going to say Vest. Were you going to say Vesterveld? Yeah, it was the wrong answer. For the wrong answer. It's not Sander Vestado, it's Stefan Ancho. It's Stefan Ancho. Hey. Hang on, I have to deliver the man his prize, James. Of course, just Please. the ruffles. Do the honours. Please enjoy those. I hope, you've got your, I hope you've got your Fitbit on, Andrew. All these steps. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, 2005. What I'm looking for, of course, it went to a penalty shootout. I'm looking for the five Arsenal takers. Some early shouts there from... The guy at the back. Right at the very back. That is absolutely correct. Boom. Lauren, Ashley Cole, Van Persie, Jumberg Vieira. What a roll call. Great pens in there as well. Your life is crisps um, now. Your life is crisps. Tyo's asked me who missed for them. I believe it was Paul Skulls. 
who missed, was it, for United? Paul Scholes missed the final penalty, yeah. You could do the final question, on Andrew. Um, oh, didn't we have... Um, didn't we have something? Oh, we'll do the final question, then you can read your Hamon Ruffles review. Oh, yeah, good. Yeah, on. let's remember that. Okay. Uh, 2002. You remember that final, James? You, you know the one when... Um, What's his name? <laughs> John Terry. Remember, remember where he ended up flat in his face? I do remember. Remember that one? Yeah, he, that wasn't, was, he, he wasn't that well. Was, that was a good one. Tell me, um, what was unusual about that final? <laughs> we won, someone said. <laughs> now, now. Uh, you've already won, so you can't do it. So somebody tell me what was weird the, about that final. This man down here. No. The roof was not on the stadium. Uh, this man here. No. Wasn't the first one at Cardiff. Uh, this man. Correct. Correct. Arsenal had two remaining Premier League fixtures at the time of the FA Cup final. Yeah. The next game after that 2002 final was uh, Old Trafford. A certain Sylvain Wiltord scored a certain goal, which won Arsenal the double. And then uh, in the final game of the season, Arsenal uh, won 4-3 against Everton, a game that in itself was remarkable because Francis Jeffers scored a goal. There we Incredible. go. Incredible. Incredible. Oh, hang on. You need some crisps. <laughs> I was almost uh, cheating you out of your prize there. So here we go. Enjoy. I had no recollection of that whatsoever, that we had league games still to play. Yeah, after. yeah. It was unusual. I don't remember why, but... Anyway. World Cup, oh, yeah. World Cup, okay. No well, crisps for you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, listen. I, in preparation for this, believe it or not, we do sometimes do some, I uh, looked up a review of Hamon Ruffles from the esteemed munchiesblog.com. Oh, well, look, if munchies... That is real. Yeah. <laughs> They're giving you a run for the money in the blogging world, Andrew. And this is a full quotation from his review. I'll be honest, he seems a little confused by the concept. The chips themselves were standard ruffles, semi-thick and crunchy, with the ridges the brand is known for. <laughs> the chips themselves had no differentiation, aside from the smell, in fact. No overly red tones, just a standard-looking ruffle that smelled like it was handed over by someone behind a deli counter. It's very descriptive, isn't it? It's quite it is poetic. good. It's good. I like it. He goes on. With the first bite of ham and ruffles, you feel like you are somehow eating a potato chip with a slice of ham. But it is all crunch and no deli meat. So he seems to have slightly misunderstood the whole thing. He thinks it's like eating ham and crisps. Yes, of course, I would, I would venture. What, he, when are they going to do these flavoured crisps? Yeah. <laughs> then he says, at times the smell is almost pepperoni-like, but the flavour is definitely ham. In fact... I can't really think of any way to describe them other than that, and nor could any of the people I had try them. <laughs> They're called ham, on, ham ruffles. Imagine him going around to people, uh, could you please sample these ham crisps and tell me what you think they taste of? Yeah, he seems furious that everyone says ham. Oh my, how could they? Yeah, baffled by them. Baffled by them. Baffled anyway. by them. I'm not a fan of Munchies Blog. Well, there hey, we go. That's all that was, really. That's, well, uh, I hope the people who've won their ham on ruffles uh, enjoy the taste of ham with yeah. their ruffles. Okay, let's have a few more questions before we knock it up. You won crisps, so you can't get it. Guy down the back. Uh, do you, is it really good? Are you sure? Okay, you're setting yourself up for a fall if it's not, though. Okay. All right, let's do it. And I'll come down to you uh, afterwards. The pressure's on. Here we go. Is, is the reason that you're on the radio, Mike, that uh, James is scared that we'll beat the shit out of him? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I was going to say, I'm surprised you let me get away with not doing the radio mic, because my chances of slipping and hurting myself are significantly increased if I was to be not on the stage. Uh, in answer to your question, yes, I am scared, yes. Very scared. But my real question is, uh, how many of the Chelsea squad would you put in your first 11 Arsenal team? Because I, I only put three or four in, which I guess means that they're coached, prepared better than we are. Very good question. That is a disgusting question. No. <laughs> the Chelsea squad in the starting 11 at Arsenal, in a back three system, uh, we might as well. Uh, ha ha Hazard, he'd have in some. I'd have Hazard, yeah. I guess but for who? Good. You know, you've got to drop one of Ozil or Alexis, haven't you? No, you play Alexis up top and yeah. Hazard and Ozil behind him. Smart move. Um, Kante wins the league every year, doesn't he? You've got to have him. That's it. He's just, a, he's just lucky, that guy. You'd probably have him in for Aaron Ramsey, maybe? Is that unpopular? Next to Shaka? I don't know. Well, that's what I'm saying. And See, then, I always... I, I'm sorry to, to sort of cut across this, but I, I find the idea of these combined teams things dreadful. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not... A, you know, I just can't... Fabregas. I love me some Sesk. You do love Sesk. I, I do love Sesk. I mean, there's a few. I mean, I, I see the point, the broader point. I think, I mean, I've said this all season. I think Arsenal have got a really good squad and a really good first 11, if, the, if there were defenders in it. Uh, but like, yeah. Conte. Conte, yeah. Conte is the one you would take, I guess. Antonio Conte. Not N'Golo Conte. So difficult to decipher which I meant there. It is. It's uh, Giroud and Johan Giroud all over again. I could never do that. <laughs> um, yeah, Antonio Conte would be the guy. I think that with Antonio Conte, this Arsenal squad's got every chance. Tayo, any, any Chelsea players you'd have in? Well, given how the conversation started at the start of the evening, um, I'll take Azpilicueta because he can play left back. <laughs> so, um, yeah, apart from that, um, Hazard's quite good, isn't he? Mm. Their keepers, is their keeper better than our keeper? I mean, they thought so. Yeah. <laughs> Changing him? No. Jim. I'm, I'm, with, I'm with you. I don't, I'm, not really into, I'm not really into any of that. I'm going to deftly shimmy past this question by saying, look how bad Chelsea were last year. Something like 40 points different mm. because of the manager and the way that they've been coached. And, and the, I don't know what else was going on there, lots. And look how they've been this year. And I think the way that they're coached and trained makes a big difference. And I'd love to see this squad um, similarly motivated. Uh, I see what you... Yeah. Mm. But there is the other thing, the other part of that, where they played deliberately on purpose to get Jose Mourinho fired. So there's something quite admirable about that, <laughs> I think. You know, I've got to run down here because there was a guy... You've got a long way to go. One. I do. It's, uh, no, here. Hi. Hey. Uh, a nostalgic question. Um, in the Arsene Wenger era, other than Gilberto Silva, who is the most underrated player that you'd want in your team? Okay. There's a good one. Yeah, most underrated player. There's shouts for Gil Grimondi. I'm not sure. <laughs> Edu? I think Edu was really quite underrated. Edu was, Edu was unfortunate because he was never first choice properly, was he? Not really, but I think he was a really good player. Really good. He got injured a bit. He was a bit injury prone, but I liked Edu. Stepanovs, please. Oh, I'll tell you who I actually think is a bit underrated. Ashley Cole, no. He's very good. Gilberto, we were exempt from saying. 
Um, I think, although he did run around in circles an awful lot, Sylvain Wiltord, I think, was quite underrated. Contributed a lot of goals for yeah. Arsenal. Uh, and played in three positions. Never really a first-choice player, but scored a lot of big goals too. Scored at Old Trafford. He'd be on my list. Mm. Jim? Why, why is it that the underrated players are always central midfielders? I look back at, you think Paul Davis and Steve Williams, players like that. Yeah. They were always underrated. Gilberto underrated. Um, so, I don't know, maybe it's because they do all the hard work without all the glory. Yeah, I think it could be it, because if a, you know, a striker, you can measure them by the goals they score. Defenders, you measure them by the, the, the goals that are let in. But central midfield players can be quietly effective. Well, maybe someone like Petit. He was, he was rated, but compared to Pierre, he wasn't rated. But he was absolutely pivotal, so uh, maybe that's not quite fair. Mm. I mean, you'd have to put... Um, <laughs> you'd have to... Just because the players that he played with that were so much better than him on paper, I mean, Ray Parler, he's hardly underrated because we all know mm. the value, he, the value of him. But I would say in that, I mean, there's a few shouts of it. But Ralph, I mean, Lauren, I mean, no one rates a right back. I mean, the guy was a killer, like a stone-cold murderer. That penalty against Tottenham where he just looks at whoever it was. Was it Walker at that time? It was a penalty remember. against Tottenham, a late one, 80-something minute. And Stillman, he who, was, who was in goal for Tottenham the day that Lauren rolled the ball? Robinson, was he? It was Walker. Walker. I think it was Ian Walker, but um, I'm deferring to you. But that, I mean, just the guy was a killer, and he was so hard as well. And he did. Well, I mean, there know, is so. that, that incredible photo of him throttling <laughs> a terrified Phil Neville. <laughs> like it's impossible to think of Phil Neville without thinking of him being absolutely terrified that his <laughs> life was going to end yeah. on the pitch in front of all his home fans. His brother would his brother cry? He probably would. <laughs> I'd love to do that one day when Phil Neville's doing Match of the Day or something, just in the studio at the back of the room, just bring Lauren in. <laughs> and just see Phil Neville freeze live on air. What was the, uh, what was the show where they used to recreate the, the incidents? Was it the Badil and Skinner? Oh, fancy football, Phoenix, yeah. Phoenix from the Flames, yeah. Yes. And they, they would recreate those moments where they get, like, <laughs> Liam Brady to score the goal at White Hart Lane and what have you, but that would be amazing, just bring out Lauren to strangle Phil Neville. I met, I met, I met Lauren in Ibiza in a club called DC10. If anyone oh, knows listen that fucking... It's a great start to a story, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it was a... Um, I, think I, was in, I think he was in a better state than I was, but um, right. like, I was the only one... There's lots of ravers who are more interested in Carl Cox or whatever. But I'm like, no, no, you don't, you don't understand. You don't understand what he did to like, Phil Neville. <laughs> so um, he seemed appreciative of it. So, um, was, he, was, he, was he on it? Like? No, he wasn't. I'm not saying that I was, but I'm saying that he wasn't. I think he... Right. He, <laughs> he seemed to be enjoying himself. Yeah. From, um, but he wasn't like doing big box, small box, big box. Small box big <laughs> no, no, big no? box, small box, penalty box, penalty box. No, it wasn't him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've got uh, time for two more. So, oh, we've got one here from this little man. I'll, hi. And what are your top three favourite players you would buy in the summer transfer window? Oh, there's a question. We found our new David Dean. Do, do, we, have, do we have as much money as we want to spend and can it be completely unrealistic? So we have the money that we had at the start of last season. So, you know, not a huge amount. Oh, okay. okay so, um, three players. Three players. I mean, someone shouted Harry Kane. Now, that would be funny. 
But then you'd have to have Harry Kane in your team. Mm. I've, I've, I've been waiting for three seasons for Harry Kane to be a one-season wonder. It's yeah. quite annoying. He's one of those three-season wonders, don't worry. I was looking at him the first year going, no way. No way that guy's going to do that. Michael Ricketts. Yeah, Michael Ricketts. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it's quite annoying how good he is. Mm. Um, it's upsetting, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But I think we do. We need a striker. So who are we going to buy? I mean, I'm gonna... upset that Man United are going to buy Antoine Griezmann. It looks for I'm, all the I'm world. I'm not that really are. that upset. By are you it. not? No, because he's going to play with Mourinho, who plays with eight defenders, and maybe he'll, you know. I just feel a bit maybe upset he'll that break they've, him. they've got. They'll have Griezmann, Pogba, Martial. We used to have all the good young French players. Yeah. What happened? Where did it go wrong? Uh, yeah. Well, maybe we'll get Mbappe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry. So, uh, who would, who would we buy? Who's a Mbappe is the kind of player we would have got 15 years ago. Okay, I'm going to say him, Mbappe, because he's he looks like he's going to be the real deal. And uh, that would be I think one. we'd all chip in a tenner or twenty quid if we could make that happen if it was out of our budget. Yeah. All the uh, money we got on the season ticket reductions, plow that back into Mbappe. Straight back in. Uh, who else? Anyone else got any good ideas? I'd still take Higuain, Is his, unless his knee's collapsed or something like that. But I'd, No, I'd, but I think he's eaten quite a lot of pizza and pasta. I think there's, there's a girth to him now that wouldn't necessarily lend itself to, to mobility. So if you're frustrated by Giroud... He's well, don't worry about it. You know, he's, he winters well, as they say. <laughs> Dybala, that's a good shout, isn't it? Yeah. We were linked with him, weren't we, for ages? Do you We've remember? been linked with everyone. I know. Lewandowski. Lewandowski. Again, I'm not saying no. I just can't really engage. I just sort of think that feels like fantasy. I just I can't see him leaving Bayern Munich to come to Arsenal. I watched the Italian Cup final recently and just marvelled about how dirty Chiellini, Chiellini is. And it's <laughs> so much fun to watch when it's not against your team. He's so dirty. It's brilliant. And I also still think that we should be breaking the bank to try and bring Owen Coyle to the club. Yeah. <laughs> That's just a personal thing. That I just, I'd like to see him as manager one day because I think he could do a job. Yeah, he's in his shorts. Okay, uh, right, we're going to have one more question. I'm going to go down here uh, and we'll do it. And then we can all have a beer and stuff like that. Uh, okay, here we go. Being uh, a pessimist as I am... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> always end on a high, guys. Always end on a well, high. How, how does the club spin Wenger's contract, which we all believe has already been signed, if we fail to win on, on Saturday evening? <laughs> I mean, that, 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 that's, that's unlikely. It's that's unlikely that we won't win. It's unlikely. As I'm about to break James's leg here now. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a hell of a job, that, isn't it? You know, the only thing they can do, really, as far as I can see, is A, announce Sanchez and Ozil are staying with new contracts, and B, yes. land a huge player. Like, it's the only way that they could sell it or soften the blow to people, is to land a really huge marquee player. Somebody who people will go, oh, wow. Like, a so who? <laughs> yeah, at long last... Hatem Trebelsi will be an Arsenal <laughs> player. Um, but, but, they, but they'd have to have that ready to go. They'd have to have, that, they'd have, to have done it already, effectively, right? Yeah. Because they'll have to say something about Arsen. I don't know, Tuesday, Wednesday? Yeah, no later than Wednesday. Someone who's champing at the bit to play in the 
Europa League. Mm. Well, you can do it. I mean, Chelsea signed Kante without European football. Pogba came to United with, with European football or with Europa League. So it's about, it's about money. It's not impossible, but it's whether or not we have the ability to go out and do that kind of a deal. I'm a little bit dubious. I mean, speaking personally, the thing is, if we win, if we win, which, I, you know, who knows if we will or not, but if we do, I will be... If, and Arsene Wenger announces that he's going to stay... I will still feel sad about that because I will be like, that was a great opportunity yeah. to go on a high. And, I, and the awful thing about this season is if it ends in defeat in the final and he does go, then arguably the greatest manager in our history is leaving on a low. Yeah. Mm. And, and I find that depressing. Yeah, it would be a shame if yeah. that's the way that it ended. But... To, 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 you know, to end things on a bit of a high, though, I hate seeing... Uh, uh, you know, for all, for all of the faults of Wenger, I hate seeing him when he looks stressed and ill. I hate it. And I really like seeing when he's happy. And when he, when at the end of the Hull Cup final in 14, mm. he looked genuinely happy for pretty much the first time in ages. Yeah. And I, would, I, I, you know, I, think he, the, I think the man needs a bit of happiness. Yeah. And, and then hope, Lucas Podolski came along and spoiled it by like, covering him with beer. But in terms of the question, I think, I think the, man, the expectation has been managed downwards a bit already, saying he yeah. already said, well, oh, top four wasn't like the be-all and the end-all. So yeah. maybe there'll be a bit of that going on as well. All right. Any thoughts, Tyler? Or are you staying well the fuck away from that one? <laughs> no, I mean, we can sit here and discuss it um, because it matters to us. I genuinely don't think that the board, with respect to the youngster here, I don't think they care, let's say it that way, as opposed to no Fs have been given in the boardroom at all about what we think about it. They'll announce it because they'll announce it and don't forget the, the famous, you know, we thank you for, our inter for your interest in our affairs. I think, that, I think that's how it's seen. So apart from when um, Ivan Gazidis is, is, is brought out to, to, to spin a tale, to, um, which is always expertly reported on Ask Blog, cheers to him for that, when he, when he goes along and, he, and we get the same pithy quotes each time, I don't think the board or the manager care enough about what is being said. If they did, then something would have been done about it by now. Like Alex Ferguson said the other day, you know, he's applauding Wenger's stubbornness. stubbornness. We can sh it's like, it's like an entire army shouting at the moon, and I don't think what we think is making a great deal of difference, which is a shame, because it should do, but I don't think it is. So that's my slightly pessimistic take on on, on what's going to happen. I think he'll sign, and I don't think if, if, if 100,000 people stood outside the, the room and said, please don't, I don't think it'll make any difference. All right, well, we'll see, but hopefully that is something that's announced after we lift the trophy this season. Um, you know, I know, I know some people are are dismissive of the FA Cup, but it's a competition, it's a tournament that I grew up with. My first real Arsenal experience is watching, uh, watching us lift the cup. So I love the cup. Obviously, I want us to win it on Saturday. Um, and hopefully that will go some way to changing the mood or providing some clarity. And, and uh, it will be a nice way to finish what has been a, a difficult season, I think. Yeah, we've got to put that on the back burner. Think about the game. Get behind the team. You never know. We'll sort it out next week. So look... Um, thank you to, uh, to all of you for coming out tonight. It's a beautiful night. This, uh, the night is young. Well, indeed. It is, as young as James. <laughs> um, 
Thanks a million for coming. We really uh, appreciate the support. We also really appreciate you uh, downloading and listening to the podcast every week. Um, it's been an interesting season. It's not always been easy, but I hope you've enjoyed the shows. And uh, it's great to see you here. We really do appreciate the support. And uh, we'll keep it going during the summer. Thanks a million. Let's stick around, have a couple of beers. And, uh, and, and that's thank it. you to Tayo and Jim as well. To our guests. Thank you. Cheers, guys. Thanks a million. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.